Okay, good. Hello, everyone, on this beautiful rainy day. We have been creeping our way toward the precepts. Uh, it has been probably almost 20 years of Oan's existence. Every year we talk about the precepts. So that's 20, 20, at least once a year because there's usually someone receiving precepts. And when one receives precepts, everyone does. So we study together. This year, I'm, I'm finding it more and more difficult to address the precepts individually, which is how we usually do it. For some reason, it seems more appropriate to approach the precepts in a larger context. It's almost as if, to use the Diamond Sutra analogy, that if we don't talk directly about the precepts and talk about other things, that is talking about the precepts. So a talk about the precepts is really not a talk about the precepts. And that is why it is a talk about the precepts. Precepts, these precepts exist in the realm of what to do. It's about the countless decisions that we make. Even when we sleep, we're sort of deciding what to dream. <laughs> our, our actions in the world encompass not just the physical enactment, but they involve our intentions, our decisions, our actions, and the consequences of our actions. This is the sort of general realm of karma. So I am making a decision today to honor the precepts by not talking directly about them, much as when we bow to the Buddha, we don't stand directly in front of the Buddha statue. We always take a step to the side and not have that, it's more polite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a way of honoring, it's like not being in your face, just keeping, keeping some space there. So instead of talking directly about the precepts, I'd like to update you on a, an important teaching that I have experienced since last week. It's the teaching of the leaves. Maybe some of you recall that I was asked a very profound question by the woman who lives downstairs. 
And that question was in the middle of my raking hours on end, she asked, do leaves bother you? That was a profound teaching or the occasion for a profound teaching. And so all last week, I lived with that question. And my, my response was, yes, leaves do bother me. They don't, they only bother me when they're on the ground. When they're in the trees, they don't bother me at all. In fact, I just, I love leaves. It's sort of the same with, um, with the deer in the woods. When we sit in the zendo and I look out the window and I see the deer grazing on the hillside, that's just beautiful. But I am bothered by the deer when they eat my rose bushes. Then I prefer not to have deer. So on the hillside, they're fine. But in my garden, no. Same as with the leaves. I mean, I find this true with insects as well. Somehow all the insects are just fine out there in the woods. But as soon as they cross that half inch threshold into my house, somehow those ants are not acceptable. So this is about my preferences, my opinions, how I want my world to be. I don't want the leaves on the ground. I want them in the trees. I don't want the deer in my garden. I want them on the hillside. And I don't want the insects crawling around on my counters. <laughs> I want them outside in the grass. So I understood that last week, that I, I, I do have these preferences. And that, that was an understanding that I wasn't aware of before. But last Friday was a really calm, beautiful, sunny day here. And it was the perfect day for raking. Even with this understanding <laughs> that I did have this preference, but I, I was gonna rake anyway. <laughs> I, I was gonna rake um, the entranceway to the Zendo. And so I was raking and raking and raking and got it really looking good, really clean. And then as if from some sort of distant galaxy, a wind came and it really did feel like it was coming from outer space, from some sort of transcendent realm because it was a very calm day and suddenly this gust of wind came and of course completely scattered all the leaves all over the place and this reminded me of 
a little story in the Zen canon of stories where a, a monk in a monastery was cleaning the garden, the monas monastery garden in preparation for a visit from uh, the emperor. And so they were really kind of getting their, getting their place looking spiffy. Um, and this particular monk was very focused on his job at clearing the garden of leaves. And he even, as sometimes that I've noticed the Japanese do, they were picking little sprouts out of the moss so that the moss would be perfect. And so he spent many hours preparing the garden for the visit of the emperor. And then the, uh, the, the abbot of the temple came and looked at the, at the garden and went over to a cherry tree and shook the tree <laughs> until all the leaves scattered all over the garden and looked at the monk and said, now it's perfect. This happens to me and I expect it happens to you repeatedly. It happened when my tea teacher gave me five minutes to put together a flower arrangement for the tea ceremony. And I was frantically gathering greenery for this flower arrangement for which I only had five minutes and I'm sitting there fussing around about it, you know, trying to get everything uh, to be just perfect. And I heard the voice of my tea teacher shouting at me, stop fussing. You will never get it perfect. So what I, what I'd like to bring to our discussion today is an admonition. Stop fussing about the precepts. Don't fuss about them. Almost pretend that they don't even exist. <clears throat> this isn't about, <laughs> the precepts are not about, you might say, cleaning up your act, <laughs> like breaking leaves until the garden is perfect. I wouldn't even say perfect because we are already perfect, but we have a concept of the ideal. Perhaps it's better to say, you will never reach the ideal you already perfect, perfectly human, but you will never reach the ideal because the ideal is only a concept. So no fussing, just be natural. Just be genuinely human. 
just be authentic. The precepts are not about what you have to do, like you have to obey them. In a way, it's in an insult to say you have to obey the precepts. It's an insult to the precepts. It's almost like saying you have to love your child or you have to love your pet. It's natural, it's natural. And so when we, when we look at the precepts, which we have been doing, you know, approaching and, and retreating and moving to this side or that side and getting some angles on them. We began with the three pure or the three refuges, which are take refuge in Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. The most broad vow. Then the three pure precepts. Pure, not in the sense of um, kind of moralistically pure, but clear. Clear. In that sense, pure, pure water. Don't do harm. Do good <laughs> and serve all beings, very general, but a little bit more specific than taking refuge. And then we have the 10 pure mind precepts, which get more specific. And we, we recite them regularly. And so there's, there's more specificity there. Don't kill, don't lie, tell the truth, don't steal, don't give way to anger, etc. More and more specific. But you know, the precepts don't stop there. They don't stop with those 10. They get even more specific. as you meet the specific circumstances of your life. And that's when the precepts really get messy. That's when the leaves are scattered all over the lawn. It's as simple as and as complicated as, okay, we have a precept not to kill. But now I have a very messy situation. I look down at my arm and I see two little feet sticking out from that arm. And a little, a little tick burrowing into my flesh. <laughs> and feeling incredibly assaulted. You know, this being is feeding off my blood. 
I cannot, I cannot remove that tick without killing it. Here's where it gets messy. And that's true with stealing, lying, being angry, having sexual con control. In every situation which is specific in your life, it's messy. <laughs> so what do you do? And at that point, when it, things get really messy, people wanna know, what would Buddha do? <laughs> I wanna know what Buddha would do with this tick in my arm. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna provide an answer but I am going to point to what Buddha did when things got really messy in his life. He sat himself down under a tree. He stopped. He looked like your parents used to tell you when you crossed the street. Stop, look, and listen. He stopped. He, he pressed the pause button. He didn't react. He sat down. It's that, that title of that book. Don't just do something sit there. Got clear. Looked. Listened. And then it became clear what needed to be done. And if somehow that didn't work out, the way it was expected to, you sit down again and stop and listen and look and meet that situation with clarity and with compassion. So, you know, we tend to think that precepts help us to make decisions but they really don't. They actually present us with dilemmas. They present us with messes, Mess, the messiness of everyday life, of having to make decisions. And so in a sense, these precepts are like koans they're puzzles, they're dilemmas. What do I do about that? What do I do about this relationship? How do I bring compassion to that and yet end it? 
it's a mess. How do I, how do I express my outrage at social injustice while at the same time maintaining my equanimity and not dwelling and giving way to anger? Mm, that's a mess. That's a mess. So the precepts actually make our lives a little bit more complicated. They're not rules to be obeyed. There are, they are introducing the difficulties of our lives and perhaps helping us to navigate through all those difficulties. When you sit, when you stop, and you don't necessarily have to sit down on a cushion, but you know when you can just pull back, breathe, and open yourself, first of all, not to reacting, not to doing anything, don't do anything. It's okay. Someone asked me the other day, you know, what would you say to someone in this Christian community that I live in, to someone who asked you what your religion was? And, and my, my ultimate reaction was, you don't have to answer every question that somebody asks you. <laughs> you can observe noble silence. So you don't have to react immediately. You can pull back and just listen and allow yourself to get clear and also allow causes and conditions to collaborate with you in the next step. So this sense of I, me, mine, I have to take over, I have to do something. Well, I'm part of, I'm part of an ecosystem. I'm part of a, of a net of relationships and I can collaborate with the world in knowing how to proceed. I don't have to take it all on myself. I can wait to see how things unfold. And maybe I, I won't have to do anything. Maybe, maybe things will take care of themselves quite nicely. I don't have to fix everything. So we might consider the precepts almost as being a kind of um, companion, not a set of um, must do's, must, uh, must clean up my act, must be better. But they're like, uh, like a, they are the three jewels. They, they're like, a, they're jewels in our pocket. And while they don't tell us what we need to do in any specific circumstance, we can kind of put our hand into our pocket and feel those jewels 
and know that we can navigate through this, that there are, there are natural ways of being that are moving toward full realization and they are, they are in us. They're in, right in our pocket and we can just touch them and have confidence that we can meet these messy, messy circumstances. And if, and if we somehow, if things fall apart after that, we can meet that too. Just kind of know that there's a teaching, there are teachings, these jewels that are with us. Um, I have this little, um, this little owl. It's one of those, but they used to have uh, pocket pals or some little personal, if you have like a, 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 a stone that, that gives you comfort <laughs> that you can reach for in your pocket. Well, this is, this is my little owl I found in a thrift shop. And in a way, my Roxu is the same thing. When my mother was dying, uh, it, it was a messy situation, but I had this. This didn't give me the answers as to how to deal with her, how to help her leave this life, but it, it gave me confidence that I could do it. So that's what the precepts are. They're, they bring us dilemmas, but they also bring us the jewel of confidence in our, in our deep clarity, in our deep Buddha nature, which is connected with all things. And that we can, we can collaborate with, with the universe. We don't have to do it all.